Hey there film fans and welcome to another episode of The Real Take. This week pumpkins are being carved, kids are wandering around door to door in ridiculously overpriced costumes and normally at this time of the year I'm watching films from behind a cushion. But no, not this time. This year the laughs are just as important as the scares as we take a look at some fantastic comedy horror films. Let's roll titles! Sit down and grab a glass Sinead Ross and Niall have made a podcast It's the real take, breaking it down Having fun and talking movies Ba-da-da-da-da-da, talking movies Let's roll, let's cool titles Let's try and workshop that There okay. must be something yeah. funny we oh, can say <laughs> I can't think of another scary voice. Let's roll dials. <laughs> you, you are listening to The Real Take, the podcast by film fans for film fans. Please do like and subscribe to The Real Take wherever you get your podcasts and never miss another episode. And mm-hmm. Niall and Ross are here, my ghoulish sidekicks. But, uh, you know, it's I see I'm all about, I think it's like the, the scares are, you know, sort of not as vital maybe this week. That's what I'm going with. We're just a bit more older a bit wiser we're not mm. as we're not as taken by surprise <laughs> by scoop by spooks and scares we're, we're cynical if you like i mean i'm surprised there mm. there's three of us and all we need is winston we could be the ghostbusters couldn't we <gasps> do you know what i mean yeah, we've kind we of could. seen it all we're just in our in our baggy uh, baggy gray or uh, tan jumpsuits mm. with a cigarette mm. hanging out of our mouths going oh I can't believe I have to go and bust more ghosts yeah yeah. now when a stranger calls we're like oh what are you going to do you're in the house I don't care I've worked tomorrow you can actually kill me I don't care <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I kind it of, means I don't have to go to work yeah. I, I relate more to Janine do you know what I mean like the girl that just sort of gets okay. them out of her way I am not going anywhere mm. near ghosts like let's be honest mm. I'm the most fraidy cat out of the whole lot of us so I'm just going to be like Galspastas that's all I'm going to be doing <laughs> Galspastas that's an amazing accent Yo, um, my other half is convinced yeah. that our house um, is haunted no no which don't what? be set, no, you can't be telling me these stories now well it's hold just... on I'll tell you now this house was built maybe in the 2000s <laughs> do you know what I mean mm. so you know maybe oh may, the spookiest know. the spookiest of years the ghost yeah. estates of the is millennia gonna, a, a <laughs> yeah, ghost with yeah. a backwards red cap like Limp Biscuit will come to the house but um, because we hear noises all the time we hear noises okay. a lot of the time uh, and she's like oh there's the ghost again being dead serious and like we're a semi-detached house so mm. I think it's just our neighbours moving around but we both heard it the other night and the neighbours are quiet as mice and we hear our little steps coming up the stairs and stuff so there you go oh no oh, oh no, that's no. worse because no, no, children, like that. children ghosts are the freakiest of all yeah. ghosts if it's yeah. wearing Victorian era clothing, I'm out of there. <laughs> Fun fact that you um, may, may not know, but uh, Derek, my other half, was like 100% saw dead people as a kid. Well, no, not dead people. Like okay. a specific dead person. So his house, way older. It was older. the teacher he killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way older than your house, right? So Pierce yeah. Park houses are like, what, the 60s, 70s, you know, kind of era. Mm. And um, he learned after the fact that, um, so his room, which would be fairly small, like, you know, kind of a, I don't know if it was the box room, but, you know, the, the next biggest room after, or the next room after the master bedroom. And there used to be a sink in his room. And apparently years ago, like the, the rooms were rented out. 
And he describes this, you know, the old woman who basically like she used to just stand at the end of the bed looking extremely oh. disapprovingly at him. And apparently <laughs> That's a real Catholic ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently he was kind of describing a landlady that used to be there. And so for like young, like the poor child, I think of it, he used to be on the, st- the the steps of the land and like just kind of like petrified to move. And this woman would just be there kind of thing. And eventually plucked up the courage, said it to his folks or whatever. And then um, they kind of went, oh Jesus, you know, you know the way you brush kids off over imagination, whatever. Yeah. But then apparently, you know, it kept going on and on. So they were like, look, we'll just kind of pacify this. They got a priest in and um after the priest came yeah that she never came back but when they were talking about it to other people they were like that sounds really like a landlady that used to be there back in the day was there a picture i wonder if there was a picture of her available in the archives would oh, it oh could you imagine they would mm. relive all the trauma of poor he was like i oh, know it's not her she looks more oh, ghostly no, than her no, <laughs> but only years later they were talking about this him and his sister and his sister was like oh yeah i used to see her too <laughs> And she was just really? like, yeah, like so blasé about it. Like, you know, she was like, oh, yeah, I just used to go back to sleep, though. <laughs> when you think about it, ghosts are silly things to be afraid of because, like, they can't really do anything. Oh, do you know Jesus, what I mean? I don't know. I, like, seriously, now. <clears throat> oh, no. You all right there? Well, you all right? Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm just, I, I don't don't know what, how to how to respond to that. Ghosts can't do anything. They what can't really. They're about? like, they're like a shell. Like, what, what could they do? They can't even touch you. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, know. they can frighten the crap out of you. They can. I suppose, I suppose they can. can. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And, and I'm, I'm not talking brave hell. there. I would be terrified if I saw a ghost. Actually, I did. <laughs> I, I believe I saw a ghost one time. I was upstairs. Um, I was in my brother's room because he had a Sega Mega Drive Two. We might have the N, uh, We might have had the N64 at that stage, but it was in his room, so I was in playing it. And next thing I saw, a ghostly figure appear out of the wardrobe. Uh, no. uh, out of the wardrobe, uh, terrified ran down the stairs mom 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 there's a there's a ghost there's a ghost she was on the phone she goes will you be quiet i'm on the phone to your auntie <laughs> so i had to wait for about 15 minutes until they were finished their their mindless nattering and by the stage you got to it i was like you know what you know what? i'm a grown-up now i don't even care i'm independent i'm independently minded <laughs> well you know that's obviously it taught you it taught you a lesson didn't it it taught you a lesson yeah. of self-reliance yeah, yeah um i'm it. curious as to what the what the the priest that got dragged into Pierce Park to <laughs> yeah, yeah. do whatever, sprinkle holy water and just, you know, basically humour um, humor yeah, yeah. Derek's, uh, you know, well, I'm sure quite traumatic experience seeing this. this Listen, much uh, like the role of the priest in The Exorcist, that man knew what he had to do. Do you know what I mean? He was going in there with a mission, with his black garb, cape-like. One could call him a superhero, <laughs> you know what I mean? To rescue poor Derek. Um. Yeah. Mad stuff. Mad. He told me that, and I was going like, "You know, you're messing. Like, definitely not." And he was like, "No, no. One hundred percent. This happened." Has he seen anything since? No, or like, God, is, he, I... is he st- like, what age was he at the time? Is he still like, is it oh, very like a small child, like four or five? Oh right. Yeah, yeah. My God, though, that'd be even scarier that age. My God. Yeah, petrifying. Just, but she just was well, like, I remember, looking for I the rent I... clearly. <laughs> I think I was I was probably maybe 11 or 12 and I was making this film called Three Men and a Little uh, Baby <laughs> Ghost of Oh ghost we've been through this before and it yeah. turned out it wasn't it was just a, a standee of Ted Danson yeah, so, you know, there you go. Fun fact you go. for your pub yeah. quiz yeah. film fans yeah yeah but uh, moving away from the ghostly spectres mm. that we are fearful of we're going to be talking it's all things fun and laughter with a yes. bit of co- with a horror 
very positive this Halloween. Yeah, yeah, because mm. uh, and now mm. we should say as well, many reviewers out there, a lot of the films that we're going to be talking about are you know very much disregarded, written off, you know, kind of put in the realm of being kind of cheesy and and cheap and all that kind of stuff, you know. But for us critics, we are valuing this fantastic genre, and uh, I mean. If you think about it, this comedy horror genre has had a bit of a resurgence in the last while. Um, you know, thinking of uh, movies like, you know, maybe Happy Death Day to you. Is that one? Is that a slasher now or is that a comedy or is that? What is it's that? A mix of both, well, it's, people kind of say it's a slasher comedy. comedy. Mm. There's one at, at the moment called Totally Killer, which Ooh. is very similar mm. in vibes to that. And I haven't seen it yet, but the trailer looks fantastic. And that's essentially a Back to the Future slasher movie where oh. this uh, teenage girl ends up going, traveling back to the 80s where she meets her parents and there's a slasher on the... On oh, the that sounds there. good. But it looks oh, fantastic. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. That does sound good. What's right the other Vince Vaughn one that I watched on Netflix that you recommended as well, Noel? I can't think of the name of it. It was really good, though. Oh, Where, oh, it was like a, oh it was that was like a remake freak. of Psycho. Oh, it was Freaky. <laughs> no, it was, was it called Freaky Freaky, it was called. Freaky. Yeah, it was yeah, a play yeah. on the Freaky Friday thing where she swaps body with a serial yeah. killer. It was very good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That was quite funny. So so it's been around and I went digging and apparently uh, One Exciting Night from 1922, uh, written, directed and produced by D.W. Griffith, was apparently the first ever comedy horror film. There you go. All the way back oh, there. Okay. Yeah, they go so well. That's not hand, like though. you now to to go back that far. It's not nineteen twenty something. To be fair to yeah. me, but I was curious about this. I was like, how did this start? Clearly, it must have been the eighties. I was thinking, mm. no, no, how mm. wrong I was. All the way back there. But of course, I'd say ah, sort yeah. of you know seventies, eighties. That's probably where you know. Well, I, I suppose most eras really, but seventies, eighties definitely. There's a lot of them, isn't there? And particularly, I'm thinking of things as well like. Um, you know, Beetlejuice, kind of late 80s, mm. that kind of mm. stuff. Like, I mean, we reference mm. Ghostbusters, like that is a comedy horror, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, I think Ross is right. I think they, they go hand in hand very well. There's something very cathartic about about being scared mm. uh, and there's something very cathartic about laughing. Yes. So it's understandable mm. that they go hand in hand. When I think horror, uh, comedy horrors, I guess, or I, I didn't go as far back as D.W. Griffith, um, I think about the Abbott and Costello movies, the Abbott and Costello mm. meet Frankenstein. Abbott and oh, Costello yeah, yeah. Mm. So there's a whole series of those. And then also Bob Hope did a couple of, the Black Cat is one, mm. uh, which is very good. And uh, what's the other one? Uh, that he did ghost I think it's called Ghost Breakers or something like oh, that okay. where he is like a paranormal investigator you know so yeah so I mean the, the, I think although you're right there was a massive resurgence in the 80s I think and I guess maybe Ghostbusters is what kind of brought that around mm. and Dan Aykroyd I think would have looked at all these older movies as an inspiration because he's a big film fan and a big fan mm. of the paranormal Um when he was writing that script and tried, I guess, was trying to uh, to to bring bring a little taste of that back, you know? Yeah. And for me, I think as well, for me, you know, I know we're talking about some supernatural movies and that tonight, but I I think because of because of the kind of movies that were made uh, earlier on, you know, small budgets, they might have been made earnestly, but mm -hmm. I think people 
you know, watch them for their schlockiness and for the B-movie quality. And that's how a lot of people just, you know, they associate a lot of horror with just having a good time. And, you know, you know, because of the low budget, because of the B-movie presentation of it, it's, you know, it's 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 not associated with highbrow filmmaking for the most part. So I think there is a innate um, relationship there between kind of comedy, whether intentional or not. Um, but I think the, the late 70s, early or early 80s in particular, really hammered that home, uh, especially in the kind of slasher movies that we saw at that time. Yeah, totally. And like, yeah, yeah. like you say, you have that sort of, uh, you know, B quality to it. You have like, you know, lots of different jump scares, which kind of it's like that. Oh, and then the laugh straight away kind <laughs> yeah. of, isn't it? Um, yeah. You've got the kind of over the top uh, dramatics, the special effects, the prosthetics, all that kind of stuff. And then you've got, you know, the fact that really I'm going to say that a lot of these were aimed at teenagers and and young adult audiences, particularly kind of around that time in in the the eighties, and you know, you have these hilarious characters, um, you know, with this sort of underlying spooky theme, like going back to you know uh, Beetlejuice, like you have like Catherine O'Hara and Jeffrey Jones, they're possessed singing Deo. I mean, like, <laughs> like this is just you know classic sort of comedy horror fodder. But I think for me, with regards to this, a lot of it, you know, you're watching these kind of movies, like to say the likes of Beetlejuice and you know, Ghostbusters to an extent when you're, you know, at a young age and like for when you're watching them as a youngster, there's there they are quite scary. I mean, like Vigo in the painting, I mean, in Ghostbusters, that is kind of terrifying, you know, and the fact that uh, Beetlejuice, I mean, just ahead of him alone, that would have scared me as a young child. But then when you look back, you can look back with this sense of nostalgia now. At, oh, God, look at what scared me back in the day kind of thing. You know, clearly it's just prosthetics looking crazy. Um making Gina Davis and and uh, Alec Baldwin looking, you know, absolutely frightening in these prosthetics. But, you know, it's it's only when you look back now, kind of as an adult, years later, that you kind of can realise, I suppose, what was being done. But yeah, it's all of that stuff, isn't it? It's all that sort of, um, you know, over the top, uh, you know, kind of very colourful characters. There's always kind of a little bit of a moral story, I'm going to say, in there as well. There's always a lesson, isn't there, in some of these Either. I'm just trying to work out what the lesson yeah. of Beetlejuice is. What is the lesson of Beetlejuice? <laughs> the lesson of Beetlejuice don't, is don't, don't say let, his name. Don't let times. yuppies buy, buy your house. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Well, maybe not so much Beetlejuice, but there there can be in a lot of these mm. kind of teen sort of ones that are aimed at, at, at teenagers. Kind oh, of well, thing. are they like all like don't have sex, basically? Well, a lot of them. A lot of them. A lot of them can be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, like it's, it's, it's all of those different tropes that kind of make them what they are, I suppose but um you know it, like i mean i was looking up there today like some of them i, I don't know if i'd classify like a lot of people put uh, jordan peele's us and um get out as comedy horror i wouldn't have said oh no either of those were comedy horror yeah. at all no definitely like psychological and maybe when we so. talk about our yeah when we talk about our individual picks we one of the questions we can say is or we can ask maybe is are they scary or are they funny you know is yes it, because um, I think like you can do both, but um, yeah, I and my one, my pick, not to spoil what I'm going to talk about, I think uh, it manages very well to kind of balance that line. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, and like you know, you you a lot of the like if you think of some of the 
you know, big moments from culture uh, that come from these movies. Like, like you say, Ghostbusters. I mean, you know, you only have to hear the theme music and you just feel like all the excitement. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The likes of, say, even the Adams Family theme tune as well. Like all of these different things have come from the, the comedy horror film genre as well, which is interesting, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so moving then to the picks and chronologically, we are starting with you, Ross, and you have picked a fantastic one that I haven't actually seen in ages. So I'm mm. eager to hear what you thought of this. Was this your first time watching this? First time watching it. And it kind of came about because I had great difficulty difficulty finding online or elsewhere uh, the pick which end up becoming the 1001 movies you have to watch before we brutally kill you uh, which will be coming to a little bit later on so this was another one that was selected as soon as i was frustrated as hell for not being able to get the 1001 movie online uh, ellen suggested we watch little shop of horrors it fit the remit uh comedy horror um something i'd never seen uh and i was i was eager to give it a shot see what 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 it was about yeah um i'm sure it's a childhood you know a real nostalgic childhood movie for a lot of people out there um was that would that include yourselves oh yeah i remember my really cool babysitter allowing us to stay up and watch this even though it terrified me but you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how about yourself now yeah i mean i definitely did uh did uh, do have very clear memories of Steve oh. Martin performance as the sadistic dentist, and of course, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, oh, um, what's his name? Jeez, Rick I can't Moranis. remember now. Fantastic, Rick Rick Moranis, yeah, Rick Moranis, as Seymour. Yes. Suddenly, Seymour is great. Yeah, and I, have you? Uh, there, there, it's been in the news a little bit recently because just that scene, Miriam Margulies, who's a an actor that you'd recognise. She's been in loads of stuff, mm. um, and she's definitely not shy about spilling the tea on everything has which i was quite surprised has said she has an awful uh or had an awful experience filming uh with uh rick with with steve martin i should say um yeah because she had to get hit in the door like two or three times and he wasn't very nice now whether or not he was in in character (laughs) oh yeah that's a good cover-up yeah It's hard to imagine Steve, uh, like Martin, he's playing such a different character that we're used to in this. But it's hard to imagine Mm. him being a complete, well, jerk. (laughs) Do you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to imagine because he seems so uh, amiable. But uh, anyway, uh, to tell you uh, maybe a little bit just about Little Shop of Forest, it was a first timer for me. I know it was out in 1986 and it was actually directed by Frank Oz, who we'll all know as, you know, his involvement with, with Jim Henson and the Muppets. He's, he's a puppeteer and a director. He, he, he of course, was Yoda as well. Um, but he, you know, he, he has a lot of work as a director. He directed another movie we talked about here, What About Bob? Dirty Rotten Scoundrels as well. Um, Dead at a Funeral and a few other ones. Um, so he was uh, directing this and it's, it's not the first um adaption or rendition of this this movie um it's a re- this one is a remake of an of a 1960 1960 film excuse me which was directed by uh, Roger Corman um a lot lesser known i would say 
but you can still find it online. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I mean, Sinead, did you know there was another little shop of horrors? I did know there was another one. All right, okay. Well, uh, 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 you didn't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this one. I, I think the original. It's and oh, it's if it's if uh, how long it is. It's since I saw, seen the '86 one, but it's a long time since I seen the. 1960s one and I don't think that's not a musical no no I think that it was adapted uh, into a stage musical and that's what the 1986 movie was uh, was based on yeah yes Uh, and there's there's quite a lot of similarities with the with the 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 settings and all that sort of stuff you can definitely you can clearly see um, very similar characters and it is a comedy as well like this Uh, it's it's known for being one of the first movie roles of Jack Nicholson he's playing a small role and he's playing one of the dentist's patients um but I think you will find in later covers for that Jack Nicholson's <laughs> face like Jennifer Aniston in the <laughs> leprechaun role was definitely it was him holding the plant on the cover uh, of, of some of the later editions which is which is a bit laughable um so the story of this basically is Rick Moranis is working in um in a very very rough um, part of town skid row is what it's called and um there's a lot of crime there's a lot of poverty uh he's working in a failing florists a flower shop um with his 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 boss i don't know how his boss by the way has himself and uh and two two other um two other employees so it's his boss and himself and another person um i don't know how that is uh how that viable i don't know why he thinks it's a why he thinks it's an option plus there's no flowers seemingly in the shop and it <laughs> is kind of falling apart um the bits uh so alongside the uh, angry and annoyed boss who is um let me just find his name there jesus excuse me um i think it's who, vincent gardenia a very well known character actor uh, yes, yeah. playing Mr. Mushnick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And we have uh, Ellen Green, who's playing Audrey, who he, uh, Rick Moranis is, is fond of, let's say. Um, um, and she, he is kind of a bumbling uh, idiot type character. He'll fall over, drop pots everywhere. Not the greatest worker, but he is passionate about his job, and he is passionate, especially about uh, making hybrid plants, experimenting with plants, trying to find something that would really, um, really just hit with the public. Um, much to the annoyance, I would say, of his boss, Mister Mushnick. Um, as well as that, Audrey, who's the kind of love interest, well, who is the love interest in it, uh, and his co-worker, she is in a, an abusive relationship with, uh, and this is kind of a surprise I was not expecting, um, Steve Martin, which was, because uh, he kind of comes up uh, all of a sudden in the middle of a song about him yeah. being a cruel, vindictive <laughs> dentist. And he plays it with I such... am your dentist. <laughs> I have a talent for causing you pain. It's a great song. It is. Uh, and he, he's so good in this role. It, it, it's like, I don't think if they're remaking Little Shop of Horrors today, they would have a clearly, a, you know, a physically abusive and emotionally abusive and every sort of abusive relationship <laughs> in, in the centre part of the movie. Um, because looking back at it now, you're like, Ooh, this is very dark, even for, you know, even for, yeah. uh, you know, a, a horror comedy. A comedy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, Rick uh, Rick Moranis comes across it was, and I think this is a special thing in the eighties where if there's something supernatural, 
an Asian guy sold it to us. You know, that's that's just what. <laughs> yeah. Like that's just what Gremlins, they did. In the, something else that something yeah. else that doesn't age well. Yeah. 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 And they have those like stereotypical long mustaches and stuff like that. They're like ah eastern whatever that's what they tend to do in these 80s american movies but it was a night it was also as well as that the night of a uh, a full eclipse or the day of a full of eclipse and there was lightning so they're supernatural whatever it was ends up an alien plant life form ended up uh, outside a asian flower shop and he picked it up because he thought it was interesting and, and fascinating he brings it back to the shop he's trying to make it grow and no matter what he does he sprinkles it with water he feeds it he does plays music to it nothing seems to be working he finds one day after you know um, getting his finger cut up on a rose thorn that it actually has an inkling for blood so he feeds it a few drops of blood he comes back the next day it's grown um it's it's grown some more but his um his, the, the shop he's working in the the customers seem immediately taken by it it becomes a bit of a star of skid row customers are coming left right and center and mr mushkin starts making money hand over fist from everyone who wants to see this exotic plant that they've never seen before so business goes great but the bloodlust of this plant <laughs> only grows and grows and grows and grows and it comes to a stage where he has to start killing people to feed the plant um so that's the general idea of it but as was mentioned already it is a fantastic musical as well and the music in this movie it's just incredible i got to say um it's it's just unbelievable it's catchy it's soulful so you have the great voice of um, Le- Levi Stubbs, or maybe Levi Stubbs. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. He was uh, he was the the R and B. He was the singer with the with the R and B group, the Four Top. But it's uh, it's just such a charming movie, and I think not enough is said about Rick Moranis, and um, because watching him is just like reliving your childhood. I think he's so likeable. Oh, he's the man of the 80s. Isn't yeah, he, isn't he 80s, just 90s, lovely? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and besides that, you also have a great, uh, you know, backing cast. You have the likes of John Candy, as we mentioned, mm. Steve Martin in there as really, uh, already, Christopher Guest, Jim Belushi, um, all just making l- lovely additions to a uh, to it what is a really charming movie there's is there graphic parts in it yeah not really but the plant is certainly very scary <laughs> um I, I would imagine for young viewers you see, and I, a really great like a great effect i think oh as well, so the, good the puppet of, of audrey too and don't know oh, you forgot bill murray there as well as he plays <laughs> of course, the, the equivalent of of uh, of Jack Nicholson's character as the the patient who just yeah. enjoys pain just a little bit too much. <laughs> and interestingly enough, I was um, uh, watching a uh, a making of the movie Aliens, the sequel to Alien, and uh, Sigourney Weaver was filming at the same time in London, and I think they were kind of on the same lot or near enough in the same lot because they were both filmed in London. Um, and of course, Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis would have known each other from Ghostbusters. Um, so they would meet up occasionally for lunch. And what they and both of these movies, of course, are known for the puppetry. Um, this one, of course, is is the, the 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 plant, and then the other one, it's the alien. Well, they're both aliens technically, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, what they had to do in both of the films, quite separately, to make the movement so fluid, is they would get the actor to move in slow motion, and then 
uh, uh, the actor to move in slow motion and the plant would move in slow motion and they'd speed it up to hit to meet the song so the movements would look fluid but it would mean that both Rick Moranis in The Little Shop of Horrors and Sigourney Weaver in Aliens had to learn to naturally put themselves into slow motion so that when the (laughs) film was sped up that it would look natural which I just find unbelievable and it's weird that both of them would be going through such a similar thing at the same time uh, in London (laughs) you know yeah, that is mad. And like, you know, sometimes it's, it reminds us, you know, looking at films like this, it reminds us of the amazing things that they did to create this movie magic that before, obviously, mm-hmm. special effects and everything like, I mean, the, the, the as you say, the level of skill and effort <laughs> the actors and everything had to put into into that was pretty amazing. But no, it's it's you know, it, it brings me back there when you think about the songs as well and everything like they are so iconic um, and like that. The plant, I remember distinctly, like I say, you know, watching it when we definitely weren't allowed to watch it, but our babysitter was letting us stay up. And um, yeah, kind of covering my eyes and ears. But I thought the plant was terrifying <laughs> at the time. I'd say it was only about maybe, if it was on television, I must have been maybe about eight or something. I don't know. I think I rented it. I don't know if I saw it on TV. I think I rented it. And probably because Rick Moranis was front and centre. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and as a big fan of Ghostbusters, I would have gone, oh, well, this looks kind of Ghostbusters adjacent. Um, but I don't know, like, I think uh, the, I don't know if Young Me was, was uh, as huge fan of, of it being a musical, because it's like, yeah. well, I didn't, I expected another Ghostbusters. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Uh, since then, I have come, yeah. No, I mean, that, you know what I mean? It's naughty little brat that I was. <laughs> was what going. was? Why are I just singing? want Ray Parker. <laughs> I want Ray Parker Jr. to be singing just one song. That's all. Yeah. Um, but since then, I have come to appreciate uh, the greatness of the soundtrack. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. It's one I can't really rewatch with Derek. He's not a musical fan. He's missing Oh, out. is he not? No, he hates musicals. Well, I, I didn't know I was a musical fan until I started watching them. And I was like, oh, my God, maybe I'm a massive musical. And this one, I didn't know was a musical going into it. It was only like after... You know, after you hear two numbers, you're like, okay, <laughs> it's been five <laughs> minutes. This is probably going to be musical. But I, I really enjoyed that element of it. The, the voicing was great. And as we said, the puppetry was unbelievable. You can imagine they did that now. It would be with computer graphics and probably yeah. wouldn't still have the same charm to it. No, and that's exactly yeah. what we've we've just discussed earlier on in terms of, you know, the fact that it, it that's a characteristic, isn't it, of, mm. of that sort of stuff. We look back and kind of we look at the, um you know, prosthetics and, and all that sort of stuff. And you just you, you couldn't really do it now. It, it's it's not going to be doing it justice. And there's some films you just, you know, you know how I feel about remakes. I just, you know. I'm always on my well, I mean, do you know that they were they were planning on a remake of this, and of oh, course, this is a remake. This is a remake. Well, is a remake or, yeah. I know, but you know, there's people it's a, from this. There's people from the '60s going, "Oh, those kids, yeah, those damn kids," yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. and they stuck a lot of songs in as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I meant to bring him up when we were just talking a little bit about it earlier on. Uh, Roger Corman, who we spoke about very briefly on a previous, I think, um, episode, a Hollywood episode. Uh, who directed the 1960s version and he would have been very well known for this kind of not exactly out and out well this would be an out and out comedy but shall we say tongue-in-cheek horror movies do you know what i mean yeah Yeah. very lurid very schlocky kind of where like you say teenagers in the day would go along and they'd go and they'd know that they were like their their best date would be frightened and kind of 
you know, cuddle up to them because they were frightened. But uh, there wasn't anything too particularly scary about it. Like, you're not in the exorcist territory. No. <laughs> no. Thank God. Thank God. Um, so moving then to 1996 and your pick, Niall, and another fond one because you know how much I love, you know, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, this is The Frighteners from 1996, directed by Peter Jackson, who I don't think went on to do much else. No, no. Um, <laughs> and as you say, stars Michael J. Fox, Trini Alvarado, Jeffrey Coombs, John Aston, who people would know actually talking about The Addams Family. He was the original Gomez in the 1960s sitcom of The oh. Addams Family. He plays a, the judge in this. It's got a great cast. It really does. It's got a load of that guy faces. You know, mm. Orly Emery is in this as well, who people would know from uh, Full Metal Jacket. So um, this was Peter Jackson was just coming off the heels of Heavenly Creatures, which we really I know you're film. a big fan of. Yeah. From 1994, yeah. And uh, he had, but his background was in what we would call, sh sh I guess, schlocky kind mm. of uh, horror stuff, like brain dead and things like that. And so it, it was, this was a kind of a return to form for him, if you like. Uh, and of course, then after this, uh, I think this proved that he, that he could be trusted with a big Hollywood movie, which, you know, this didn't do particularly great at the box office when it came out, but it gave, uh, I think this was New Line Cinema as well, I think it gave him enough credit with them that when he kind of went, I want to make, uh, I want to make a load of uh, three-hour movies about uh, Hobbits, uh, that they went, <laughs> yeah, go on, we'll do that then. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so... Like this is also like say stars Michael J. Fox and was produced by Robert Zemeckis as well. So I think he uh, Jackson had met with Zemeckis and Zemeckis said, you know, who you should pl have played this part of Frank Bannister um, is Michael J. Fox. And obviously uh, this, I think, was one of the one of the reasons why I was so excited about this when I mm. saw it back in mm. the day. Uh, Universal Pictures then put up quite a big whack of cash. Um, the budget apparently was 26 million. Um, so like that's quite a lot really. And I don't know how much of that was flying everybody to New Zealand because although it's set in what I imagine is the Pacific Northwest of America, which looks, I mean, amazing. I think it's, is it Fair Haven or something? The name of the town is, is Yeah, this? sounds familiar. Um, like, mm. it's so atmospheric. Like, you just, it's got such character, uh, this this town that you see. And I think a lot of that is because it's it's uh, very, it's, it's unlike anything you'd see in a lot of uh, American movies, okay? So this tells the story of, uh, and it's gonna, it's got a lot in common actually with the a movie that we're going to be talking about soon, uh, the story of Frank Bannister, who is a psychic investigator, I think is what his card uh, his card says, mm. um, but we don't meet him. We at we open in media res, I guess, where we we meet uh, a uh, a woman and she's being uh, absolutely terrorized by. Oh, what would you call it? It's like bad bubbles in wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of, it's one of these ghost things that, you know, they, they kind of come out of the walls or what have you. And luckily enough, she's saved by her uh, equally scary mother with a shotgun. And um, we don't really know what's going on because the next scene we have is uh, in a cemetery. 
and uh, we find out that uh, not only has this small town been plagued by these mysterious deaths, I think there's something like 30 people who have died of these mysterious heart attacks and nobody really knows what's going on, but uh, that we've got this character, Frank Bannister, who goes around and he basically makes his living by uh, conning people, mm. essentially. So even though he can talk to the dead, he can commune with spirits, he also has two kind of uh, ghost mates, or three ghost mates, I suppose, if you count the judge too, who he uh, he kind of uh, inveigles into his plot. So basically, they will go, they will move the bed, they will, you know, rattle the table and do things like that. And then he will come and, uh, quote unquote, uh, bust those ghosts for, <laughs> for a hefty fee. And we discover as the movie goes on that uh, the reason that he has this ability to see dead people uh, is because he was involved in a, a, a terrible car accident in which his wife died. So we've got this trauma in here. Um, he is hired, first of all, well, first of all, he's 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 not a very good driver. So he drives <laughs> his, 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 his car through a fence, somebody's fence. And there's a question about this character as well. There's a question about what happened with the wife. Was he maybe, which is quite for a horror comedy, like it's it, it's quite it serious. Yeah. You know, was mm. he was he drinking on that mm. day? And then the way he drives into this guy, he drives essentially into this guy's front garden, breaks the fence, the fence breaks his beloved gnome, which he is absolutely distraught over. And the question, like you're kind of watching it going, is he just a bad driver or has he been at the at the bottle really before he got behind the wheel? Sometimes of the car? you just and can't this leave character, Frank Bannister. No, oh, very funny, Jesus. very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we were waiting for that one, were you? Um, so the character that he, he breaks the guy's fence and breaks his, his lawn, he is what I would call a Chad, I think. You know, he's what the Americans would call yeah. a Chad. Or in Ireland, we'd we'd call him a Ross, I think. He's a bit of a... <laughs> what? He's no, we'd call him a Sean, a I think, a, in Ireland. What's a, a Sean? What's a Chad? Oh, yeah, Basically yeah. like a jock. I, yeah, and he's kind of... He's very, like, brash and overbearing. Yeah. And he's got... His wife is a... Hold on. Is a, uh, am I uh, brash and overbearing? <laughs> and let's am I let's into, just move along. I, let's, yeah, let's, okay. let's move along. <laughs> Let's move along, Sean. Let's move along. Um, and uh, you, he's, his wife is a doctor and we get a little glimpse into their home life and you really kind of get this sense, very well written, of the fact that this is a really, a, I don't want to say, like, pa passively, aggressively abusive relationship. Do you know mm. what I mean? Because he is just horrible to her, <laughs> but not overtly horrible to her. Um he uh, managed, well, he ends up with uh, a number on his forehead. And in this film, if you end up with a number on your forehead, that <laughs> means that things are not going to go mm. well for you, essentially. Mm. Because at the, at the very start of this film, we, uh, we meet uh, a, a kind of a, a, in the 60s, like he, he's based on, on Stark Weather, the, a serial killer from mm. the 60s, a real, uh, real life guy. Uh, which was in turn then the inspiration for uh, the movie Badlands, Terence Malick Badlands, mm. and this guy was a, was a thrill killer essentially who was then executed, and uh, we don't know at this stage uh, what exactly is going on, but the numbers have something to do with it. We know because if I think uh, you know if you see thirty seven, 
that you're going to be the 37th victim of uh, of 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 uh, of something essentially um and yeah i don't uh, really want to uh talk too much more about it because if people haven't seen it and it's a movie that i think people who have seen it love yeah but uh it's not talked about an awful lot mm. and obviously because peter jackson then went on when people talk about peter jackson now they talk about the lord of the rings movies they don't really talk about this um but uh it is such a great it's such it's got it's great fun first of all i would say got a fantastic danny elfman score if you're doing a horror comedy like who else you gonna else gonna Danny yeah. yeah yeah uh, yeah uh, like i say the 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 filming the the uh, where it was filmed in i think wellington maybe in new zealand just beautiful just so uh, like unusual every single choice that's made from frank Bannister's car which is this just it's just full of character do you know what i mean yeah when you see it to the fact that jeffrey coombs in this is playing an fbi agent and for people who don't know jeffrey coombs is a genius he is absolutely a genius and he has never been bad in anything he's ever done if you want to see him in something where he's kind of the lead character uh, another I wouldn't really call it a horror comedy, but it's certainly a horror. Then Reanimator, I would oh, absolutely yeah. recommend. <laughs> yeah, he has also um, he's made like he is what I would call one of uh, film and TV's great creepy weirdos. Yeah, and he is playing mm -hmm. the creepiest weirdo in he really this. Is. So he's an FBI agent who has you know he he's he's like imagine Fox Mulder from the X Files, except. He spent too long with a cult and, you know, he's into all these conspiracy theories, but he's just, he's, he's like, it's, he's not, and he's right. not half he's as not handsome. right in the head. Like, oh my God. No, he's not know. half as handsome as, as David Duchovny, you know, um, uh, and he's great. Like I say, um, you've got Orly Emery, very funny as this drill sergeant who keeps all the ghosts in the graveyard in, in line. Um, and it is, uh, it, it is exuberantly fun but also i think very it's quite scary it really yeah, is, it is quite scary you know yeah um and probably i would say maybe the scariest of 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 all the movies that we're going to be talking about yeah um jake Busey, a son of of gary Busey, another of cinema's creepy weirdos or life's <laughs> creepy weirdos uh who uh we would have we would have seen in starship troopers before oh, yeah. uh he is great as this as johnny bartlett's this mass murderer who, like I say, was based on on uh, Charles Darkweather, and then Dee Wallace Stone, eighties, uh, the eighties mom. If you wanted an eighties yeah, yeah. mom, she of course played the mom in ET. I think she played the mom in Critters as well. She was in a another, I would say, extreme horror movie called The Howling about werewolves too, and she's really good now about this. Uh, she was a young girl who was involved with this serial killer when she was younger and now she's she's been she's grown up and she's kept under lock and key by this this horrifically grim-faced mother who oh. you kind of go well oh there are more monsters out there than there are just uh, you know actual ghosts and and things like that um, now, there's a lot going on. It's a lot. It's convoluted, as you can tell from me talking about it. I'm talking about numbers in foreheads. I'm talking about ghosts. I'm talking about dead wives. I'm talking about FBI agents who come in. You know what I mean? But it is such a romp, okay? And like I say, so underappreciated, I think, which is such a shame. And it just, it, I think you can tell, I think, that Jackson had 
great fun making this because it was that kind of bridge between what he would go on to do making bigger budget movies and what he had done in the past with the likes of brain dead and things like that so it is absolutely worth checking out and um if you if you missed it completely definitely i would say see it um yeah and you can tell like it, it's a very assured uh job that he does peter jackson directing this and like i say every choice that he makes he wrote this of course with his wife and longtime uh writing partner um uh fran i can't remember her second name name now it's not jackson but fran somebody and um you can you can tell like it's so just this kind of a story is something he's totally into michael j fox of course great in this part because he's all he's like a straight he's the straight man really all this craziness walsh, is happening fran walsh there you go fran walsh that's her um so you've got michael j all this craziness is happening around him all these like incredibly creepy ghosts like i say you've got uh john aston with his jaw hanging off he's like a, <laughs> yeah. a kind of a wired up judge kind of guy you know um and uh and he is kind of like the straight man but then as thing goes on it be, he becomes increasingly i don't want to say unhinged but things ratchet up and get more and more serious you know although it's still quite funny too as well because it is a horror comedy um so yeah i would absolutely uh I would absolutely recommend this. Uh, Sinead, you obviously have seen it because... Uh, I you saw it on your, your recommendation, favorites. actually, a couple of years oh, back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well. And um, I think it was on... Did it just come on television? And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I was talking about this. Or we... I think that's what happened. And we saw it for the first time then. And then I've watched it kind of every Halloween since. So definitely in the last say three four years I, I i would have seen it um and like that i i well first of all i couldn't believe that i'd missed something in michael j fox's repertoire um mm. but uh yeah and i do i'm a big fan of peter jackson as you know as you, you rightly said big fan of heavenly creatures and you know i was a fan of the lord of the rings the hobbits not so much um but this <laughs> as you say um it is it, that whole thing of you know like like <laughs> what it reminded me of you know, when you go to like, I don't know, particularly for me, it was like my, my grandmother's house with all this sort of weird wallpaper where you can kind of see faces mm. in the weird patterns. Mm. It was all of that just coming coming to life for me. And then the actual faces and stuff coming out of it. I just thought that was like super, super freaky. But then as you as you rightly say, the three ghosts that Michael J. Fox kind of hires to, to act the maggot, that's the comedy element of this, you know. And yeah, like the I thought was a really interesting element this idea of the shut-in daughter and her sort of you know um being kept under lock and key by the the mother that is like she the mother is very scary in this and it's like but well, there's an there's an element of Carrie isn't there there's there totally is and the mother and that yeah, yeah yeah and like there's idea this idea of you know this um protective in, in very much inverted commas <laughs> mother who is really just kind of quite actually sadistic in her in her own way um but yeah I thought it was really really good and like you say it's it's got everything that you would want i think for a halloween movie you've got just the right amount of scares you've got a good dose of comedy in there as well and you've got a really good fast-paced story it's going to keep you kind of entertained i think the whole way through it so it's a big thumbs up it's a it's a fond one for me between that one hocus pocus as i always watch every single year without fail because it's a great mm. one that i can watch with the kids so hocus pocus that one and something with vampires because you know it's me i love an l vampire movie. right <laughs> 
<laughs> what about you, Ross? Had you seen it or have you seen it? I hadn't seen it, but it's something I'd very much be interested in. Um, I, I, it's interesting because Michael J. Fox in that kind of period of his time, I think he's just about to go on the Spin City part of his career. That's um, right, yeah. And apparently I think it was the fact that spending so much time away from his family in yeah. uh, in New Zealand was what made him think well I'm going to I'm going to take a TV job do you know what I mean and yeah. obviously yeah. we all were all aware of his his uh, his uh, Parkinson diagnosis yes. which came I think after that yeah yeah, yeah. that was around the, okay cuz his career had kind of like after like him being so massively busy in such big films in the 80s there had been a natural slump the same as you'd see with with like Matthew Broderick as well you know that yeah. their part of the career kind of came into a lull mm. as well so it's interesting to see him doing something like this this period of his life um, it looks good as well and Weta the effects company behind it looks like they've done quite a good job I'm looking at some of the pictures there of the um, faces coming through the wall oh they're class like yeah 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 and, yeah. and they're, like there's uh, there's a couple of posters for this movie right oh yeah there's one really really good one just it's just like a a white background yeah. with his face coming through the wall yeah and then there's an awful photoshopped one of like a stock picture of michael Jaffer. you know what i mean that yes. somebody some intern has made yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i'd say if you're looking for it on on my dvd copy of it is the the, the cool, the cool white one. and it says yeah. dead yet question mark yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it looks like a cool with the change. Is there's a lean? I know you were saying there's different elements, especially the fox that um, Michael or the the ghosts that Michael J. Fox hires are the kind of uh, the comedy yeah. element of it. Is it would it lean mm. overall more towards being a horror or more towards a comedy? You see, this is the one now where, and you said it there, <laughs> Niall, as well. It really is like it's not going to be as out and out comedy. I don't think like something like you know, Little Shop of Horrors, let's say, or. I don't know, like, it's, it's a tricky one. It definitely has a lot of comedy in it, but there's a lot of scares in it. Yes. There is a lot of scares. Yeah, yeah. I think, so. I think it, it does a really good job of... But then, it, like you say, you've got these, these three ghosts. One of them is like a... Uh, what would you say? Like a, a 50s... Yeah, he's like a, a 50s kind of... From college. Good guy. Yeah. The all-around good guy. Yeah. American. Yeah. Kind of. yeah, yeah. And then uh, Chi McBride plays essentially like a 70s exploitation guy. Yeah, you know, totally. Who yeah. wants to yeah. unionise. And then you've got this cowboy thing. So they are very broad. And Jeffrey Coombs is very broad. But when the scares come, they, they come. Yeah. You know, yes. and you can tell that, that Jackson really like... And he revels in in that do you know what I mean in kind of making people um, yeah just just go Squirming, yeah you're laughing screaming. but now you're gonna you're you're gonna you're gonna be frightened now as well as well yeah. as it's not it's, it's called the frighteners um, it's not called the, the laughingers so yeah, the no, laughter no. No. but I mean it's it's also it's got apart from a great um, a great uh, orchestral soundtrack by Danny Elfman it's got some great great songs and the end of it is uh, which I think I put in our chat it's a it's a a cover of Don't Forget the Reaper, which originally was yeah. in the Oyster Cult. And it's one of those movies that by the end, you've been on a roller coaster. Yeah. And when that song comes in, which is all about death and things like that, yeah. you know, <laughs> when that song comes in at the end, you're just going, I have just had a great time with these yes. characters at this film. You know, so, um, yeah, it is. It's, it's fantastic. It's like a a good one for um like this is definitely one i'm going to watch over halloween now oh, you know, definitely. it seems like it seems yeah. like a good kind of yeah. un, un uh, you know not wildly what wild 
my God, let me try that again. Not <laughs> widely known, kind of just under the radar um, ones. That'd be a great fit. Yeah, it's a great one. It really, really is. So moving on um, to kind of a lot more recent. Was this 2019? This is kind of what inspired, I suppose, the the podcast episode. Um, and we have to, you know, stick in a good old... Irish is it an Irish it is an Irish production isn't it blind it films? Is Irish, yeah, yeah they're yeah. Irish yeah. Um, yeah, um, and now you say that now you have to stick a thing but listeners just disclaimer. a little, uh, little uh, glimpse now a little glimpse behind the curtain here of Sinead's showbiz life oh yeah <laughs> this is a great yeah. story this is a great so. story <laughs> My showbiz life. Yeah, so yeah. recently, yeah, recently you met uh, one, of the, one of the actors from this movie. And I think maybe that and of course the fact that Halloween was coming up, that made you think of it. And then we went, oh yeah, horror comedies. We'll, we'll get a, we'll get yeah. an episode out of that. But, yeah, and I have, yeah. I have, I have a great, uh, I don't know if I told you guys, but I'll tell you as, as we go. But we're talking about extraordinary, no, uh, extraordinary. <laughs> wow. I hope that you was, could say it when you met yeah, Barry yeah, Ward. Yeah. I, I did. <laughs> I did meet Barry Ward. But uh, yeah, so from 2019 and me and Ross um actually we were part of a different sorry this is a bit awkward now actually because mm. we were part Ooh. of a different Ooh. cinema club but that I don't know yeah, what I don't think I got I got the invite to no, that no I don't think um, you what, was yours, what was your cinema I, club uh, you were my in... cinema club was me by myself. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. sorry. You meant yeah, yeah. myself and yourself were in a cinema club quite yeah, yeah, separately yeah, yeah. to Niall. Yes, oh, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. that. Uh, yeah. All right, all right. Don't rub it in, Ross. Jeebus. Yeah. And, and one um, of the choices no, was, was this one, yeah. Yeah, I, I had reviewed it for the radio because when it came out uh, and um, didn't know a whole lot about it. Do you know what I mean? And mm. was just blown away. Just had such a great time. And I think I was, there was me and two other people in the cinema that evening <laughs> to see it. And it that was, was probably, just, that was was probably just myself and Sinead. <laughs> no, 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 no. And it was just, um, yeah, I was watching that going, oh, everybody should go and see this. This is great. Yeah. This is it. Like, don't get me wrong. Big fan of Irish movies. <clears throat> big fan of everything that we, you know, we make here uh, in Ireland, especially the cinema industry. It's very, this is a, a kind of unusual one. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's it's a yeah. bit of an outlier. Yeah, but it, I do think that it didn't get the love that it uh, really does deserve. I think Deserves. it is. It's mm. they, this is firmly in the comedy horror more so the horror or comedy than horror. So yeah. it centers. Uh, so Maeve Higgins, who many people I suppose in Ireland and with and the UK I suppose would know Maeve Higgins. She's a stand up comic, uh, but she's like she writes obviously as well. Uh, now she I don't think she's did she write parts of this maybe or. I don't know if she's she's not the writer though on this. She didn't write the screenplay. I don't think did she? I don't think. I don't so. think so. No, it's somebody no, else. No, it was it was it was Micah Hearn and Ender yes. Lockman who were the and the Lockman. They're the directors. They're the the directors. Yeah. So she plays. It roles. strikes me. It strikes me as yeah as the kind of performance that you know, that she had a lot of input into. Oh, totally. Yeah, like, if they didn't write this, if she if she didn't have an input in the part, they totally wrote this for her. But she plays mm. Um, mm. Rose Dooley and she's this lonely driving instructor with special talents. She can see dead people as well. <laughs> and actually, she <laughs> just, can banish like them. Frank. She she can banish them from you know wherever they're haunting, uh. So she's she's quite she's quite uh talented. So um she 
it opens really with this, you know, do you know what it reminds me of actually this opening? It's like when your teacher brings in the, uh, you know, the wheels. television oh, yeah. in wheels. the video and telly, yeah. Yeah, to and show this you guy... something educational <laughs> from that was filmed probably in 1982. Yes. Only this one is about ghosts. This one, mm. and that's kind of the way he talks, isn't it? He's a very yeah. sort of serious. And Richard, that's... Richard, uh, what's his name? Oh, oh, I can't the, remember. Oh, uh, it, Irish yeah. comedian, uh, yeah. Richard Cooper, I want to say. Uh, so he plays a Fantastic. paranormal ex- expert called Vincent Dooley. And uh, you see his, uh, you know, vo- you hear his voiceover and then this video comes up about sort of, you know, um, I think it's like it's it's like an an educational video about ghosts essentially, and it's like you know the, yeah. you'd imagine that there's a library ghosts. of these uh, videos. What, what are they all about? What are they ghosts? about? This yeah, is volume seven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, ghosts can inherit cheese or uh, yeah. inhabit cheese. <laughs> ghosts or something? Wasn't there a ghost or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a, a floating ghost. A float- I looked at the laughs. The laughs come so fast in yeah. this. That yeah, it really, really from like, the get-go. And, yeah. Actually, do you know what? There yeah. is a clip. I found a clip online of this very uh, video. Vincent explaining what it is. So let's have a little clip ah. of this. Why don't we see ghosts every day? Most hauntings are so small, they go unnoticed. What is so this is kind of our, our introduction and uh, then we move along and it's Rose and her sister Sailor and they're at the side of the road placing some flowers <laughs> down on, on uh, the, the point where their dad passed away mm. in a very traumatic accident where he was doing one of his paranormal investigations where some sort of um, creature had inhabited a dog and this dog was being pulled into like a vortex through a pothole. You know what I mean? Which there are plenty mm. in Ireland. There was plenty. Yeah. And uh, young Maeve <laughs> Higgins character, uh, Rose. So young Rose was with him. And what happened was it was just all a little bit too much. So the pothole ghost and the dog, uh, the, the dad ended up getting trapped in the dog with the pothole ghost, I'm going to say, or something like <laughs> ends up getting sucked into this pothole and that was the end of that so the daddy passes away and then so that's revealed later on but they're at the end uh, side of the road leaving flowers and then they head off and in true fantastic Irish before they head off she goes I'm sorry I killed your daddy sorry I killed your daddy (laughs) yeah something like that (laughs) and uh, you know she blames herself kind of for this and um, Mm. in true Irish fashion they drive off a bin truck arrives takes the flowers Decide the road <laughs> and fix it into the skip. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely just fantastic. So you know what bins play for. a big part in this film. Oh, they bins, do. Yeah. You know, we yeah. really been ghosts and everything. Yeah. So yeah. um, the, so you know, we see uh, Rose Higgins or Rose Higgins, Jesus Rose Dooley, going along her day as as a driving instructor, and there's a very funny exchange with the uh, with a guy is <laughs> one of her. I would um, watch. I would watch a six part sitcom. Yeah, of RTE, just that yeah. of her just. In a car, giving driving lessons. Yeah. Because it's so yeah. And she's just like, just really follow is. the soothing sound of my yeah. voice. And you're and doing the, great there now. And she does have she does have that voice down of yeah, she does. any yeah, Irish, yeah. And, you know, in that role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And then she goes, ah, no, do you have any plans now at the end? Just being nice. And he yeah, goes, yeah. actually, I'm engaged. And he's and like, he looks like he's 18 or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she's like, oh, there's zero interest there. Like, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And then, uh, so you, you get a little insight into her, her home life. And the best thing ever, like, and Maggie, actually, who I work with, always says this line. So she opens the door and she goes, no one, I'm home. <laughs> and it's just silence. And, and, uh, it's a little uh, into her, her life. So she's she's in her childhood home, you gather, and um the the uh, she goes into the uh, kitchen or whatever, she uh, proceeds to take off her skirt, <laughs> goes onto an exercise ball and starts listening to um voicemails on her phone uh, whilst eating a yogurt while waiting for a lasagna for one to, to ping in the microwave. So this will just give you a little insight into the, the world of Rose. And on the voicemails are not people looking for driving lessons, but people who are getting, you know, very, you know, all their, their knickers in a bunch over ghosts. One is the fantastic Mary McAvoy, a.k.a. Biddy, from Glenrow, mm. who is being driven demented by a ghost in her green bin. Another girl just wants to find her charger, for God's sake. And also, could you check if I'm pregnant? She says. <laughs> so uh, she keeps her inboxes completely flooded with this. But then she does get a call from a guy called Martin. Martin, Martin. Martin, two first names. <laughs> now, so hang on. You put an extra voice. Martin in there. His, his middle name is not Martin, Martin. His middle name is not Martin. He's well, Martin, Martin. Not Martin, Martin, Martin. <laughs> I don't know what his middle name is. But God, I mean, and what, what would his confirmation name be? There is a Saint Martin. Saint Martin. So he could be Martin, Martin, oh, Martin, 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 Martin. Oh, brilliant. So to give you a little insight into Martin. So Martin is a woodwork teacher. He's a widower and he has a daughter who's a teenager. And he's being tormented by his ex or his wife, I should say, uh, who's just happens to be on the ex, other side. She? Yeah. yeah, she's well, you know, she's dead. So, you know, they can't do it. But, yeah. you know, she does things like she's quite helpful. You know, she she reminds mm. him in the yeah. smoky mirror uh, in the morning after a shower, you know, that's really what you want to see is creepy writing saying mm. you will pay. And then, oh, the other side of the mirror, the car tax. <laughs> you know, so you've got this going on. She doesn't like him wearing different shirts. She likes to put out the shirt for him. She'll give him a wallop with a wardrobe if he doesn't, you know, do what, uh, what she wants. And uh, she likes to leave the messages, you know, like things like, um, you know, she nearly burns down the house by telling them through toast that the dog has worms. This kind mm. of crap. Very helpful. Very helpful. Now, the daughter's at the end of her tether. She's going, Mom, why are you still here? Which <laughs> is absolutely brilliant. And uh, poor old Martin. Martin doesn't know what to be doing. So the daughter gives him a bit of an ultimatum. She's like, look, I'm going to move out if you don't solve this. So look, why don't you ring weird driving instructor lady who also has paranormal powers? Um... Rose. So he does. Now he decides to pretend that he needs a driving lesson, but the jig is up when he's able to parallel park expertly and all the rest of it. Uh, so Rose. <laughs> so <laughs> I just remember that. Now. That was fantastic. She's like, "Oh, you're you're doing great. You're do- this is everything you're doing is perfect." Fair. Yeah. 
I think you'd be ready for your test there, Martin. <laughs> and uh, and she thinks that it's her own amazing teaching. But anyway, uh, so he reveals the crack to her. He tells her, look, at, you know, this me wife is knocking about the place. She doesn't need to be there. Rose is not into this. She doesn't want to be going down this path. You know, she doesn't want to, you know, get these paranormal powers because it just it leads to disaster. Now, in the meantime, we have another eccentric lunatic called Christian Winter. Is that his name? Um, That's right. Played by Will Forte. I mean, who is just <laughs> absolutely mm. talk about another person who's this role was just made for. So yeah. he is a one hit wonder. Like, so this would be, I'm going to say a mixture of Chris Berg and Bono, but they took psychedelic drugs and they just don't have Yeah. They literally have one song and that's it. Um, mm. And he's trying to obviously, you know, get another hit, but how can you do that? What, you know, the inspiration's not striking. I know, make a deal with the devil essentially. And you know, this will come. So what he needs is a virgin. He needs a virgin to sacrifice to this demon that he's, you know, hopefully going to get um, <laughs> fantastic musical inspiration from. And uh, he targets Martin, Martin's daughter. So what happens is... Um, well, there's a there's a, an upset with their first virgin. There is. There? The wife, <laughs> his wife is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Claudio wife- Doherty, a very... Very funny Australian comedian. Uh, oh, actor. she's brilliant. Yes. So uh, she, she so good. So, so good. So she makes this virgin explode because she sort of comes in at a bad opportune <laughs> moment um, to ask him if he wants Chinese or some other irrelevant nonsense. And he needs to get another. And there's a fantastic scene where he has, what is it? It's a staff or something like that. some kind of a yeah it's it's like a a, phallus shaped thing yeah and he basically just drops it on the ground and like you know this thing is supposed to lead him to the next virgin which um so happens to be in the hardware store now meanwhile rose is in the hardware store as well kind of eavesdropping on martin martin she sort of followed him uh with his daughter who's working in the shop so um christian takes a shine to uh, sarah the daughter and he puts her under this spell where she levitates exorcist style you know what i mean this is you know not mm. a very alarming to martin martin so of course like, rose, goat, goat style in yeah the case in the case of this film <laughs> the floating so goats he, he runs over or she runs over to help and she does put like a holding spell on um sarah so she can't be kind of brought off to um christian's castle or whatever now i will tell you um because uh, i don't know how much to to kind of spoil with this but a little behind the scenes thing here right so martin at at one point or another becomes like because he can communicate with bonnie his wife who's death dead she sort of uses martin as this vehicle because what needs to happen now is they need to get the ectoplasm of some other ghosts to break the spell completely so she decides to do her ghost busting using martin as this vessel or whatever um but meanwhile bonnie his ex-wife comes in and out of martin so barry told me my friend barry ward I, he's my friend now uh who plays martin martin his friend yeah yeah he told me that for his audition for this um so he what he did was he was played martin straight obviously the way it is but then for bonnie um he decided to put on a loud accent so his mother <laughs> is from dundalk 
And he said there's something really funny about the loud accent. And uh, so what he did for the audition was he ducked down when he transformed into Bonnie, mm-hmm. put on these weird sunglasses and put a pen in his mouth for the cigarette and just put on this loud accent. And then the guys were like, yes, we love it. We love that. That's fantastic. You just need to work on the mark. You need to work on the mark. <laughs> so he had nailed the Bonnie uh, absolutely completely in this. And she is very loud. You know, she says stuff like, Follow the board and stuff like this, <laughs> or folly, folly the board, you know, this kind of stuff. Um, and there, it's just like what I mean, if what I've just described hasn't sent you into the, you know Netflix to try and hunt down this this film, I don't know what else will. Maybe the fact that you know it's a story where a ghost haunts a dustbin, a man whilst possessed with his uh, by his dead wife has sex with his current girlfriend to stop her from being sacrificed. I mean, there's there's so much going on in this film. It's so so funny. I mean, there's there. I mean, could you say there's scares? I mean, there's a bit of blood splatter and gore. And if you don't like, if 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 you see floating, you know, teenager girls in a nightdress, and, and it just brings back memories of The Exorcist, well, then this is definitely scary enough for you, like it was for me. Well, um, if you're squeamish of seeing someone like puking up. Oh yeah, White ectoplasm. Ectoplasm. Yeah. You know, that's as gross maybe as it gets as well. Yeah, but it is it's all about the fun, isn't it? Like it's yeah. just oh, so so yeah, funny. Absolutely. I think yeah. I think you can tell from how much we're enjoying laughing and remembering it. How yeah. much we we really liked it. Yeah. And I think like that's a good question. I think when when the uh, quote unquote scares come like they're really they're really well done. Do you know what yeah. I mean? They're mm. like you you do believe them, but having said that, you are in this very heightened but at the same time very Irish world that yeah. just seems so <laughs> no like normal I suppose maybe, you know? Um so yeah, yeah. I mean, I just had such a great time the first time I saw it and a great time rewatching it for this as well. Yeah, I've watched it a couple of times at this stage and I, yeah, it's another one that's going to be watched in the next kind of week or so ahead of Halloween. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Really, really funny. And it's, it's really Irish humour, I think as well. Like it's just those little gags, you know, even of just the lads throwing the flowers in the bin, like that kind of crack, you know, it's just, it's, it's all that stuff. Like that being said as well, though, I wasn't sure how like Will Forte would be well known for his stuff with yeah. Saturday Night Live and The Last Man on Earth yeah, and, yeah, and all yeah. that sort of stuff I wasn't sure how his American style of comedy would fit in with the Irish style of comedy but I think it gels really oh, really so well nice. here doesn't it yeah they're a good counterpoint yeah. to each other but they, they don't uh, they don't um, you know they kind of they kind of mix yeah they really do yeah yeah uh, I, th- I think as well the nature of the character um, mm. that he's playing it it yeah. suits the outside, the kind of weird outsider, you know what I mean? That, that, that doesn't really belong. Uh, yeah. As opposed to the woodwork teacher and the driving instructor and <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. the woman whose who's wheelie bin is being haunted. Yeah, yes. oh, yeah. And, and she's great. I mean, like, you know, everyone in, in, in Ireland will know Mary McAvoy because, you know, of Glen Rowe. And it's just, she's just really, really funny in this. She's only on screen for a little while, but boy God, she's fantastic there, you know. She's but having I, a crack as well, you can tell. She's having she, a really good she time. She really doing. is. Mm-hmm. She really is. Now, and I've seen a couple of um, Barry Ward's movies since this. And of course, he is going to be coming uh, back for Bad Sisters, the second 
um, season of that I didn't get anything out of him about that by the way guys so sorry <laughs> he was totally tight clipped on that but um, he is a really really interesting actor like very very good in comic roles but also like immensely good in, in dramatic roles as well just as an aside if people haven't seen because um, you might be able to still catch it if you haven't seen his latest one Sunlight um, which he's uh, opposite Liam Carney in that's absolutely fantastic and I highly recommend you check it out. He's this he's a really eccentric character in it, but it's like this mix of the comedy and the dramatic role. It's it's really really good. So, uh, you know, I think I got to say we we need to get a Barry Ward episode going. He's he's a fantastic yeah. Irish actor. He's, just, he's uh, because I, I, I he, Jimmy's Hall I've seen him in, which is yes. the Ken Loach movie. Mm. And um I haven't seen it, but he's in a, I think, a Netflix series I didn't realise called The End of the... Uh, oh, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. The End of the Fucking World. Oh, <laughs> but, yes, um, I saw The uh, End of the... Yeah, I forgot uh, yeah. he was in that, yeah. And uh, and I, I've seen him on stage. I've seen him with Thread the Boards. He was uh, very good in a uh, production of Translations that I'd, oh, I'd seen fantastic. years ago. But, uh, yeah, he's he, and he is so good in this... Not only like playing a quite this kind of straight man, and then having like the the scene as you say where where the wife possesses him, like mm. uh, it's just brilliant. It's, he's just he's really good, yeah. So check it out, extraordinary. So um, before we go to my pick, maybe Ross, we'll we'll go circling back to you for your one thousand and one movie. One thousand and one films to see before we kill you. That's right. And nope. this is a movie that I literally, I, I, as I was alluding to with the start of this podcast, I had great difficulty in actually finding this online, which is a shame because it's such a well-known movie. I thought it would have been available freely everywhere. Um, I couldn't even find it on the likes of YouTube where you can sometimes rent movies. So harder movie than I expected to get. And as such, I was watching it on a phone <laughs> Which, as we as all you cinephiles know is the best way to catch oh, a movie yeah. <laughs> uh, i will say i did enjoy it all the same though even though i you know what can you do from watching on your phone um but i was i i'm talking about 1974's comedy horror young frankenstein um, which I'm sure most people would have seen, and shame on me for not having seen it, to be fair. Um, directed by Mel Brooks, of course, and, and Gene Wilder and, and Mel Brooks would have done, um, they would have done a number of films together, including, well, not a load of movies, but they would have done the likes of Producers, the Producers together and Blazing oh, Saddles producers, together. Of course. Y- yeah. yeah. Um, but of course, well known, um, well known for their, their comedy movies around that time. Um, so basically, it's a story following. Um, Gene Wilder, he is playing uh, Dr. Frederick Frankenstein or Frankenstein, as he mm-hmm. insists on people calling him. He is a lecturing physician at American Medical School. He's engaged to uh, to a, a socialite as well, his his fiance, or as he later introduces introduces her, his financier. Financier, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. um, but he is basically giving lectures on anatomy and all that sort of stuff, and he gets furious or he gets very annoyed when people try to associate him with his his um, his you know his family name Frankenstein he doesn't like being associated with that he, he wants to be taken seriously um, he doesn't want to be associated with his grandfather Victor Frankenstein who of course is the the mad scientist behind uh, Frankenstein's monster um, but 
he despite not really wanting to look into his past too much his mind is changed when someone turns up at one of his lectures and tells him that he is going to um, be inheriting his family's estate in Transylvania which <laughs> which is mm-hmm. obviously alluding to, to the vampire and, and Dracula and all that sort of stuff and um, so he changes his mind and decides to go there to, to have a look at the the property once he arrives he is met by Igor or Igor depending on who's pronouncing it and that is played by Marty Feldman who's a he'd be a well-known kind of British actor and comedian and, and, and comedy writer you'd, you'd recognize him as well he, he's kind of well known for he is prominent um misaligned eyes I think he had graves um disease and he had a number of um number of kind of accidents as well which led to it but he has always said his you know his, his unusual appearances maybe led to some of the more kooky um left to feel roles which he had later in his life but he's playing um uh, Igor which is the his, his, his who's going to be his assistant as the movie goes on he also um he also meets uh, Terry Gar who I can't remember the name of the role she's playing in it but Terry Gar is a uh, American uh, she was a, a dancer and a comedian she's playing another assistant who's going to be helping him um if if he sees fit while he's there while he becomes on the estate although he seemed embarrassed by his relationship to his grandfather Victor um, Frankenstein he is immediately almost trying to find his private library and where he may have taken uh, where he may have done the Frankenstein monster experiments um, he eventually does find it uh, with the help of others and he becomes obsessed with the idea of reanimating uh, a dead body um, he eventually finds his corpse in the shape of Peter Peter Do- or P- Peter Boyle excuse me who if you've ever seen Peter Boyle and you would have seen him as a in a you would have seen him as a uh, character actor in loads of movies the most recent one that popped in my head I suppose he's in well, not the most recent one. The most recent one I would have rewatched again would have been something like Taxi Driver, um, where he plays Wizard is the role in that. But if you if you know what he looks like, he is a uh, he does have quite a Frankensteinian <laughs> monsters yeah. looking head in him. <laughs> to be fair, um, I think he played. Did he play Frank in Everybody Loves Raymond? He was Raymond's dad. Yeah. Guy. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. It, they could have his second name could have been Einstein. Um, which would have been very appropriate, but he yeah. is in. He's, it was Ramon, he's had it. I think it was Ramon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that's true. Yeah, he's had an incredible amount of films. Though he's he's a character actor who's been consistently mm. busy. He did die back in two thousand and eight, but nearly up to nearly the whole way up to his, his death, he was kind of working consistently. Sorry, he died two thousand six, um, but work. But up to that point, he was working fairly consistently, mainly in kind of character based roles um so he finds the creature and goes about reanimating him uh and then he wants to go and show the world his creation that's the basic story of it um you know that it's it's kind of what you assume it's going to be but there's comedy galore in it it is a movie as i said it was released in 1974 and unlike a lot of movies at the time you know it didn't need to be in black and white they're obviously doing it stylistically um and i think they're evoking maybe the kind of the horror movies they would have been looking back from the yeah from the 30s yeah. and, and stuff like and that certainly the original frankenstein yeah absolutely yes and absolutely. even the design of of the creature in this um is you know very much based on on Boris Karloff. Uh. Oh. oh, yeah, that's very very similar as well. And you can you can see it's like almost like when you see like a scary movie, 
taking the piss out of Scream, that's what this movie is doing for, for the likes of those, but it, albeit in 1974. Um, I, I gotta say, it's, I, I haven't, Gene Wilder, I love his energy so much. He's so theatrical. <laughs> He's so over the top mm-hmm. with his big, um, big, wisp of, of fuzzy hair and his moustache and the soft lighting um, that you would have associated with maybe 1930s black and white films is just he's just incredible in it as well as that you have those um, transitions that you would have uh, you know would associate with the time you have the, the um, fade in fade out fade the black sweep across kind of kind of things this is really revered as one of the funniest movies of all time i literally just stopped watching it at about two minutes before this podcast stopped <laughs> so i didn't get a much of a chance to react to it i will say i really did enjoy it i thought it was fantastic and you can see um maybe a lot of its influences in 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 comedy horror movies that have followed on i presume you two guys have seen it already have you i actually haven't oh yeah. ah, no oh what oh, no 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 for no. shame for shame no, for shame i know yeah no i mean i it's one of those that i would have seen several times you know what i mean and uh it is just fantastic uh apart like cloris leachman is fantastic in this as well i don't think you mentioned her as frau mm. blucha the, I the love that every time her her name is mentioned, the uh, every time her name is mentioned, the uh, the horses go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, Kenneth Mars is hilarious too, as as the police inspector with one arm, which yes. is actually based like it, you can tell a bit like Peter Jackson. You can tell that uh, Wilder and uh, Mel Brooks uh, just loved those those early black and white horror movies mm. because there is the sequel to Frankenstein is called Son of Frankenstein mm. in which Frankenstein's son goes back to his uh, family estate and ends up getting embroiled in a in in making monsters as well in his dad's research so it's essentially that but in a yeah. comedy but there is a police inspector in that with one arm that, oh, okay. that you know yeah. just it, it, I mean look it's not I would uh, homage maybe we could call it but it's mm. just going this is just you know just so funny so we're going to make it even funnier and in a very rare well I suppose he did make a couple of comedies you could call the Royal Tenenbaums a comedy and uh, he did the Birdcage as well but in a very funny part as a blind man Gene Hackman is is very good in this which again is essentially I think from the original movie where the monster ends up in in the hut of a of a, a hermit a blind hermit who doesn't realise that it's a monster you know that was Gene Hackman <laughs> yeah uh, oh my god again i was watching on a um phone i was watching on a phone so on a phone I, yeah i completely missed that because he is quite heavily made up he's wearing a, a beard mm. oh my god now that i'm looking back at it it's so beard, obvious yeah, yeah. yeah he kind of looks like sean connery in some angles <laughs> um, oh my god I, yeah. yeah that i feel kind of embarrassed now i didn't even cop that was uh I, i'm gonna blame it on the small phone yes go I'm with that yeah, Go with that. Yeah, there's quite there's quite a lot of 
I would say kind of carry on camping type humor in this as well. It's all very ooh sexy, <laughs> you know that oh, sort of yeah. stuff. Mm. Um, but there, but I will say there's a Leslie Nielsen esque naked gun esque choke when he's helping um when he's helping Terry Gar out of the carriage, pressed quite close to her, and he, and he's looking at the door of the estate, which has these huge um huge uh, <laughs> knockers, and he goes, "Wow, <laughs> they're huge knockers," and she goes, "Thanks," and I was like, "That is such a naked gun, Leslie." Nielsen type throwaway joke (laughs) Terry Gar people might remember from I think she I don't know if she was in it more than once but she was Phoebe's mom I think in Friends oh yeah 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 because she actually has a bit of a Lisa Kudrow look to her as well yeah yeah Um, absolutely yeah. yeah yeah Um, and she would have been I think she was in a conversation as well I'm not sure that would have been another Gene Hackman um, role would have yeah. probably would have been a smaller role in it but um, yeah I thought it was, it's not look it's not the, the it's not the funniest of the Mel Brooks movies that I've ever seen you know it's it's but it's good it's good it's definitely possible glad I watched it um, I, I say this is the kind of comedy that if you had seen it in 1974 when it was out it would have been the funniest thing you've ever seen at that stage and mm. um, I think if you're really familiar with all the films which I am not and and you probably are more familiar with them the, uh, the 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 horror movies from the 1930s you'll probably find this funnier that being said it still got a couple of belly laughs in there, and it's 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 charming, endearing, and seeing Gene Wilder in his uh, theatrical self was, was fantastic as well. So yeah, um, yeah, gr- and uh, it has something in common with your your previous pick as well, in that it's been turned into a stage musical. So ah. I don't know if we're going to see a yeah. young Frankenstein remake with the songs in there, but yeah. I think this is around when, you know, the producers was a huge hit and mm. Mel Brooks mm. was going, what else can I turn from my back catalogue? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. So that's getting a big thumbs up. So from yeah. Frankenstein to vampires. Frankenstein. 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 But now forget sparkling vampires. I want to see four vampire housemates squabbling over who does the dishes because my pick <laughs> is... 2014 and it's what we do in the shadows and it's very much homedy uh, homedy that's a new one uh, it's a homedy a horror comedy mockumentary comedy, a horror comedy yeah that's, yeah, that, yeah, that works yeah. uh, horror comedy mockumentary you know it's kind of it's uh, straddling another genre there as well and it's written by and directed by uh, Jermaine Clement and Taika Watiti Watiti even well, Watiti. Taika Watiti, Watiti. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so fantastic uh, I mean like look probably two of the most amazing actor writer directors to come out of New Zealand absolutely brilliant and um, this is also um, so it stars them as well and uh, as I say it's like the most mundane thing so let's have it's it's flatmates it's friends but they're undead (laughs) (laughs) Um, and apparently uh, (laughs) uh, Taika says he bases based his performance on his mother which is fantastic. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can see that. That makes so much sense. So we have our, our four vampire housemates, um, Viego, Vladislav, Deacon and Peter. They share a flat in uh, Wellington. I'll tell you who's not doing the dishes. Peter is not doing no, the dishes. No, he that. is not. He is very undead. Um, so yeah. they all uh, have, you know, supernatural powers like, you know, vampires do. So they have like levitation. They can transform into animals. They can, you know, um, hypnotize, all that sort of stuff. And um, 
we have uh, it opens with uh, uh, this kind of you know like you see in every sort of you know these kind of documentaries kind of like the Blair Witch you know these little disclaimer things at the start or whatever and it says uh, you know there's this like society um, really ancient society and um, it's an unholy ball or something like this that they were getting ready to go for uh, go to but you know before we uh, they throw this ball every year and bef- so this documentary crew was granted access to these um, four members of this society um, with the promise that you know we wouldn't be um, eaten or devoured or <laughs> blood being drained or any of that sort of stuff and then we just see um, Viego he's a 379 year old dandy uh, who originally travelled to New Zealand in the kind of early late 1900s in search of Catherine, the love of his life. Um, and he's, you know, he's waking up the house, you know, at 6, 6 p.m. And he wakens from his coffin to an alarm, <laughs> a little beeping alarm like we all do. And he rises up as like, you know, every vampire, particularly back to the very early kind of vampire movies where they just rise suddenly out of the coffin but he mm. does it quite slowly and dramatically and uh, he's going around the house making sure that um, first of all that no sunlight you know it's definitely dark you know and he says this is the part I'm most nervous about as he kind of tentatively parts the curtains to make sure that there's no sunlight coming in and off he goes to wake everybody up and um, yeah Vladislav the poker he's a uh, <laughs> haunted by memories of his nemesis the beast uh who is you know in the mid orgy when he's been woken up and then we have deacon who is a 183 year old former peddler and the young rebel of the group who just like you know hangs out literally in a closet and then we have peter quite reclusive likes to keep to himself in the basement he's an 8000 year old vampire who behaves pretty much just like a feral uh, animal really so each night the gang, uh, Viego, Vladislav and Deacon, they take the bus into town. They prowl the streets of Wellington for people to kill. As you do, they are vampires. Um, however, Deacon's f- human familiar, Jackie, she runs errands for the vampires and cleans up the gore that's left behind kind of by, by their feeding or whatever. So she's married. She's a mom. But she, you know, wants more to immortality, you know, and she's really frustrated that Deacon is not, you know, turning her into a vampire as promised. Um, so Deacon requests that Jackie bring virgins to the flat so that the vampires can feed in them. Uh, she lures a woman basically who just she didn't like in primary school <laughs> and also her ex-boyfriend, Nick. Uh, they're not virgins, but, you know, they they feast and, and they kill the woman. Uh, however, Nick is chased throughout the flat but manages to get uh, to be uh, just to the outside who is caught then by Peter who just turns him into a vampire so um, we have this basically it's it's you know they go through their day to day they have Nick they have also Nick's friend Stu who they really like and you know they think he's really cool and he kind of becomes part of the gang as well but then he kind of becomes a bit sort of once he's a vampire, he comes a bit becomes a bit sort of crazy and out of control. They also have fights with werewolves, which I I think is is it a bit of a nod to the to the Twilight franchise? Is the Twilight franchise coming around out around the same time, in terms of them sort of taking the mick out of this? I think 
where they have I an actual so. street yeah, fight. So yeah. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. The first one is out definitely. So they have this little kind of street fight with the with the werewolves because vampires and werewolves don't get on. And it's all leading up to this unholy um ball that they're going to or whatever. Um but meanwhile, you know, people are going missing. The police are showing up, you know, they have to be hypnotized. There's all sorts going on and there's a, a documentary to be made here, you know? So it's really just following them through their lead up to this ball who is this mysterious beast character will uh viego uh will he find this catherine this love of his life you know they they all they have problems like us you know unrequited <laughs> love you know uh people not doing the dishes around the flat not really you know uh doing what they're supposed to be doing all this sort of stuff and then it leads obviously to this climax of, of the ball but it's it's really funny like i you know i am a big 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 fan of a vampire movie thought i'd seen them all you know we've seen as i say interview with a vampire we've seen uh sparkly vampires but you know this is just flatmates we've seen vampires. them sparkle we've <laughs> seen them be interviewed yeah does them just be flatmates yeah Yeah, and it's just so funny and really it's it's the genius of the writing it's the genius of the the character development and and the acting i mean the the three guys together just have some fantastic chemistry and it just works it's one of those ones that i definitely return to a lot it's it's i'm gonna say whilst there is quite a lot of gore and i'm sorry peter fucking terrifies me he looks like your man um, he looks like basically the he, he is the original vampire, isn't he? He's the original. Well, he's the, yeah, they're 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 kind of like vampire. <coughs> I don't want to say like tropes is not. Yes, but he would be the Nos Nos. He's the Nosferatu. That's the one. He would be the Max Shrek, the bald, pointy eared, like the two yeah two he doesn't say much you know what i mean of his mouth doesn't really say he's just a completely monstrous and then you've got like um uh the charming one i suppose the poker well yeah yeah but he he's he's a bit more like vlad the impaler kind of isn't he you know he's got this many like you kind of like that's where he got his nickname and then you've got the charming one and then the more byronic kind of um vampire who's you know um who is like uh you know stringing women along shall mm. we say you know but uh, yeah. yeah yeah but yeah. they're great and they, they have really good uh really good chemistry together the the actor who plays and i don't have the names of the characters here in front of me um deacon who no? plays that character deacon yeah mm. you remain clement people uh, yeah it's got on the a lot of stuff taika watiti yeah uh, has but uh, he and I think he's very good in this. I mean, maybe he has a big career in in New Zealand, but uh, I don't think I ever see him. I tell a lie. I've seen him. He has a very small part at the very start of Thor: Love and Thunder. Ah, somebody who gets killed uh, in that. Yeah. So obviously, you know him and Taika are from. still yeah. Mates. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 still mates. Although- my favorite character in the whole lot was Stu. Do you know, space say by Stu. Yeah, it was just like. He's a guy you went to school guy, with. Do you know? Yeah. 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 And he's like, all right. <laughs> he was just so He goes along and... with the whole thing. Yeah. yeah and he's yeah. so kind of unfazed by it all. I just, yeah, I was a big he's fan like, of Stu like, doing oh, that. I don't want to, we don't want to have to kill Stu. And it's just, you know, like a whole <laughs> dilemma, you know. But meanwhile, Nick, who they do turn, well, Peter turns, he's the, he's the out of control guy who just is, you know, flaunting his vampirism 
around the place, you know, drawing attention to them and all this kind of stuff. He needs to be stopped. But they're like, oh, but Stu is, is really, he's really cool, you know. <laughs> uh, so they have that going on. But it is, it, if you haven't seen it, it's so funny. It really is. I, I like, was there another one? Was there, it did say when I was looking up. No, um, there's a. There's, There's a, a very, of it. very well uh, regarded and it's, it's really good. And I, to my shame, I think I've seen the first season. There's five seasons of it. Of a TV oh, series. of the TV wow, series. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with uh, um, well, Matt a completely different well. cast. Matt yeah. Berry is in it. Um, but the, the car, you can see kind of um, parallels with the characters or a lot of the characters. But um, yeah. Uh, no, there was just it was one and done for the movie because they all went on to have very Huge successful careers. careers. Yeah, mm. and this yeah. did like I mean the the critics really did love this as well, um, yeah. and 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 it's just it was you know like I say the te- testament to the writing and just this idea of what if there was just vampires who were flatmates like I mean it's just <laughs> it's fantastic and you will get a great kick out of it. It's a and if you like vampires like I do, you'll definitely love it. It's fantastic. What are we do in the shadows. Yeah, Do you know? You uh, sink your nearly, teeth into. Yay! I think all yay. of the all of the films. Oh God, Jesus! <laughs> all of the films week. that we've that we've talked about. Uh, I, I well, I mean, obviously, I've I've rewatched my ones, but all the films that you guys have talked about have made me want to go. I think I want to. I want to watch that now tonight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I want to watch Young Frankenstein. I want to watch What mm. We Do in Shadows. I want to watch Little Shop of Horrors and sing. I am a dentist. <laughs> I'm curious though because I, you know we've gone a whole episode which was you know a, a fairly hefty episode but not once have you said the phrase honourable mention I mean you know I'm just no, kind of going no, I'm wondering yeah, what was yeah. you know if you were to do a top 10 or what almost made the cut just to satisfy my curiosity Um, I'm not sure I'll be honest with you because we were kind of joking that I used to always do uh, honourable mentions I, I toyed a little bit of with maybe looking at, uh, and I have seen them way, way back. One of those Abbott and Costello um, Universal or where they meet kind of the Wolfman or Dracula or Frankenstein. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I nearly thought about picking it, but it's only just new. Uh, the uh, That one that I mentioned, Total Killer. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the Renfield, which I really oh, enjoyed yeah. from last year. Nick Cage, uh, that's come a, on. <laughs> that's a good one. Nick Cage and Nicholas Holt. Uh, um, yeah, so... And then there's other ones like with... Like, there's one that I uh, I also reviewed um, last year called Bodies, 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 which is a kind of a... It's not... It's a... It's a heightened horror, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to a comedy, whereas I'd say the other ones are are definitely comedies and then ross you're a big uh you're a big music fan there's one called studio 666 have you ever seen oh, that one? oh that's the With, uh, food uh, fighters one dave dave grohl the food fighters I, movie yeah I, had, <laughs> I, I hadn't seen it when i tell you the reason why i remember wanting to watch it and then it wasn't mm. long afterwards um the, the drummer uh, from the food fighters um, Taylor Hawkins tragically died mm. and I was like I'm not sure if I want to watch a movie where he gets killed because I know he, I saw him get killed in the yeah. trailer weirdly but I think it's probably time to get over that now <laughs> maybe watch it well, this movie yeah. maybe so I did I did toy with doing either Zombieland or Cabin in the Woods which I would say oh, Cabin, yeah. Cabin in the Woods definitely goes into the realm <laughs> of, of comedy and that was I mean it's I think I spoke about Cabin in the Woods before briefly but it was one of those films that really 
was a surprise take yeah. on that whole idea. Mm. I thought mm. it was very, very clever because, you know, look, it, it's, it's so hard to be original in any genre, particularly mm. horror. Yeah. You know, a lot yeah. of it's been all done before. Oh, they go to a cabin in the woods. But this was just very, very clever, I thought. So that one almost made the cut for me as well. But um, yeah, great. Too. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting genre. The, the comedy horror really is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like usually we get very spooky in our Holly, uh, Halloween episode. I was going to say our Hollywood episode, our Hollywood <laughs> Halloween episode. Um, but uh, I think I've I've enjoyed having a bit of a laugh this yeah. this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a hard year. I think we needed it. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> so all that's left, it's time to murder a scene. It's time to murder a scene. And we're going to be looking at Young Frankenstein, which was my 1001 this week. Um, this is the movie, or this is the scene where uh, Igor, or Igor, meets Frederick Frankenstein, or Frankenstein, um, <laughs> for the first time. And it sounds a little something like this. Dr. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. You're putting me on. No, it's pronounced Frankenstein. Do you also say Froderick? No, Frederick. Well, why isn't it Froderick Frankenstein? It isn't, it's Frederick Frankenstein. I see. You must be Igor. No, it's pronounced Igor. And action. Uh, Frederick Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Are you putting me on? No, it's pronounced Frankenstein. And do you also say Froderick? No, Frederick. Why isn't it Froderick Frankenstein? It's just not. It's Frederick Frankenstein. I see. You must be Igor. No, it's pronounced Igor. But they told me to, it was Igor. Well, they were wrong then, weren't they? You were sent by Herr Frankenstein, weren't you? Yes, that's right. My grandfather and your grandfather used to pal around together. You and I should have a lot of laughs. I'm sure we will. Uh, this is Inga. They thought you might need an assistant temporarily. How do you do? Extremely well. How nice. Are these your bags? Yes, just the two. Did you have a pleasant trip? Yes, thank you. It wasn't bad. Sunrise, <laughs> sunset, dee-dum, dee-dum. Good evening. Oh, this is Dragon and Wolfman here. Yeah, this, is, <laughs> this, this is not an accurate... Uh, let's just skip Sh to five yeah, minutes later. Is, the, well, no, I, I want to hear uh, Sinead do her Dracula. Okay. And I'll do okay. the Wolfman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So this scene might not feature in the movie, but it is where <laughs> is where Anything they meet. Goes. It's, in the, it's, in, the, it's in the stage. It's yeah, in it's the in stage the, play. Ah, all right, okay. So uh, Freddie struggling with a suitcase stares in a polite manner of horror at the two men as he and Inga walk past them. Good evening. Good evening. Oh 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 oh! Good evening. Oh. Freddie and Inga <laughs> continue walking on under a dangling sign. <laughs> 
Transylvania <laughs> Station. like Scooby-Doo, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a few minutes later, we find ourselves on a, a cart drawn by two horses traveling up a lonely road. Igor is at the reins in the back, sitting in mountains of hay, are Freddy and Inga. Did you ever have a roll in the hay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not sure. I, I I get your drift. You should try it. It's fun. It says below above it there. Oh. And you're gonna have to foley. You're gonna have to foley artist this. Inga begins to roll herself and over and over in the hay. So you're gonna have to foley artist that whichever way you can you see best. Unseen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I that is seen. not an accurate script. I was even. I, who wrote this script? Yeah. Because there's a great gag at Gene the train Wilder. station Gene where, wrote it. where Igor goes, can I help you with your bag? And he goes, oh, that's very kind. Thank you very much. And he picks his, his like, uh, you know, his suitcase <laughs> as opposed to his, mm-hmm. uh, like his, uh, his uh, satchel, say, or whatever is his, mm-hmm. what do you call mm-hmm. that? Niall wears one. What are they called? A purse. He takes a <laughs> <the> purse. <laughs> <and one. laughs> it's that kind of thing instead of his heavy suitcase. Man bag. That's the one. Yeah. It's not a man bag. It's a satchel. Okay. It's a manly satchel. Indiana Jones wears one. Oh, it's all your artifacts in your satchel. <laughs> they are. Well, that's where I put all the, the golden idols that I managed to yeah. loot from, from <laughs> various places. People. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, okay. uh, it's been it's been a hell of a a hell of an episode, hasn't it? It has. It has. <laughs> it has. And uh, you know, like I said at the start. This year, film fans, give yourself a break, you know, just have a laugh mm. this Halloween. Do. Do have a laugh, do, because uh, life's too short not to have a laugh. Yeah. What's your best? We'll end out with your best Hollywood, Holly, or Halloween <laughs> laugh. Go for it. Okay. Ha- Halloween, Hollywood, Halloween. Okay. Who's going to go first? I'll go first. <laughs> oh, that's quite Falstaffian. Sounds Very like yeah. evil Santa. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Loki. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, right, hang on. Evil, evil. Oh, creepy. <laughs> oh, that's a winner. Sorry, that's a, that's the a winner. screamometer went off the Richter scale there. Yeah, there you go. I love there that. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Till next time, film fans. <laughs> See you at the movie. Wait a minute. How do you? Do I not get to say anything? Ross is okay. possessed as all. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's possessed. You have been listening to The Real Take, presented by Sinead Brassel, Ross Leahy, and Niall O'Brien. Our music was provided by actor, artist, and musician Will Guppy. You can find him on Instagram at will.guppy. And you can find us on Twitter. Instagram and Facebook at The Real Take Podcast. If you would like to contact us to tell us how fantastic we are, you can reach us at The Real Take Podcast at gmail.com. See you at the movies.